So having taken on the precepts, we also need to practice in samadhi as well, to train in this. And why is that necessary? And uh, what about the samadhi that we have in this present moment? Well, samadhi means a firm establishment of the mind. And through our daily lives, when we do our work, we need to have mindfulness and samadhi in that, in our work and our studies. But if it's insufficient, um, if our attention span is short, then we won't be able to focus on our studies in a continuous manner. So this is talking about work and education in terms of the world, that if our mindfulness isn't enough, then we won't be able to complete those things. And so just on a mundane level, we have this um, mindfulness and samadhi to one degree. But it's not enough for us to gain an understanding in the Dhamma. Um, then when ev- whenever we meet with any sensation in this world, our hearts respond by becoming satisfied or dissatisfied with it. Even though there's always this arising and ceasing, and still the mind goes into this. And so originally the mind is in a state in the middle. Um, it's in a place of equipoise. But when it meets with a, an emotion or a sensation, then it will run after that, going off into liking or disliking, and then come back to the middle again. But the time that it spends in this state of equipoise is very short. And the peace that we gain from our lives is very little. And it's just not enough for us to gain an understanding into the Dhamma into the truth of sankharas. And sankharas are those things that have conditions creating them. There's both the sankharas of physicality and of mentality. In terms of physical sankharas, there are two kinds. There are those that have uh, consciousness uh, within them and those that uh, don't have consciousness. And so hills, mountains, uh, streams, These are rupa sankhara, um, but they don't have any consciousness, they're not sentient. But the forms such as the bodies of animals or humans, these do have a consciousness in them. And so we can look at um, these forms of rupa or form uh, outside, uh, mountains for example, and then there's also the internal rupa, which is this body of ours. But no matter what they are, they all have universal characteristics to them. That's of anicca, dukkha, and anatta, of inconstancy, stress, and not self. That these universal characteristics pervade all forms. And so the mind that doesn't have wisdom won't be able to know these things as they're happening. And there isn't enough samadhi there. Our mindfulness is not in the present moment. So we need to train our minds. And the Buddha taught that a mind that is trained well brings happiness. A mind that isn't trained, however, will bring us suffering. So this process of dependent origination that has 12 steps to it, 
But in short, it uh, goes from avijja, ignorance, and then craving, clinging, uh, becoming birth, <clears throat> and then old age, sickness, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. And this is a process which happens internally in our minds. And if the mind is deluded, then it will go through this process. Uh, but if the mind gains knowledge, then it will go through a different uh, process. It will be able to abandon this uh, craving and clinging. And so suffering simply can't arise. So for all of us, we wish for happiness. None of us want to suffer. Um, but all of these feelings of happiness, of stress, um, they have causes which push them into being. And when those causes are finished with, then whether it's happiness, whether it's stress, uh, these things, they cease. So just like how the Buddha taught Venerable Asaji, and he then passed on this teaching to Venerable Sariputta, and that all things depend upon causes, and there's no true self to them. And uh, through this teaching, they both gained mindfulness, and they both had the mindfulness to gain wisdom and to see clearly. So on the day of Magapuja, the Buddha taught the Avadipadimokha, which is a very broad teaching. It has a wide scope to it. He taught, in short, to abandon all evil, to give rise to skillfulness and to purify the mind. And essentially, this is the path of sila, samadhi, and banyara, virtue, uh, samadhi, collectedness of mind, and wisdom. So when we well, we see that these states of evil, these acts of evil, um, if we do them, if we commit them, then we don't have sila, we don't have virtue. But when we give up this evil, then within that act of giving that up is sila itself, and the mind turns peaceful. So a peaceful mind really is sila. And so we abandon all of the things that aren't good, that aren't beautiful. And this is sila. So for the monks, the Buddha laid down the 227 precepts of the Padimokha. But there are also many precepts, many rules outside of that as well. And this is the sila of a monk. Just like how we have to take care of the dwellings that we stay in, of the buildings in the monastery. We need to clean them in the appropriate way. And if we don't do that, then that's an offense. And uh, we have to study the vinaya and understand each and every rule. And this is the sila of a monk. But for the lay people, they have their sila as well. Essentially to abandon all things that aren't good, that aren't graceful, all evil things. Give these up, and that is sila. So the sila is virtue. It brings us peace. It makes our bodies peaceful. It makes our speech peaceful. And this gives rise to samadhi. And when we meditate, we know the breath as it comes and as it goes. As we see that throughout our daily lives, my mindfulness is very rarely in the present moment. Whenever any sensation, anything enters into our hearts, whether it's a form or a smell or a sound, the mind then proliferates on that. It likes it or it doesn't like it. 
and it gives rise to these various reactions. And this is what happens whenever anything comes in, whenever it's a form or a smell or a touch. Um, the mind then proliferates upon all of these. And that's because we don't have mindfulness here in the present moment. And because of that, we don't have much peace. So we need to try and pass over these feelings of liking and disliking to keep our mindfulness present and to try to keep them in the middle. As we see that throughout each day, it's very rare that our mind is in this middle state. We just don't see it. Just like how we normally notice the floor and the ceiling, but we don't see the space in between. And then the Buddha taught us to make, uh, to bring skillfulness to perfection, to train ourselves in intelligence, to make our minds stay with themselves. But usually they don't do that. They don't stay with ourselves. They travel about all over the place. We keep them here with ourselves, meaning keep them in the body, keep them with this breath, and this brings the mind to peace. And from this peaceful state, wisdom can arise. And this is the wisdom that comes from bhavana, from my meditation. Because we do normally have a certain kind of wisdom, one that we use in a worldly way. And in order to succeed in this world, to survive in this world, we do need wisdom. If we apply for a job, for example, they'll um, accept people who have wisdom. But this is a wisdom in terms of the world. And we need to have this wisdom based upon a foundation of sila, of morality. And if it's not, then it's a, a lokia wisdom, it's a worldly wisdom that is devoid of virtue, the kind of wisdom that gives rise to discordance, to agitation. So our wisdom needs to be, um, needs to have samaditi, needs to have right view to it. And really everyone wants to gain wisdom. But we need to see that this wisdom arises due to samadhi. When we have samadhi, then wisdom can come. And when our minds have wisdom, then our thoughts will be good. And this helps then to develop samadhi further. And so when our thoughts are good, then it'll be easy for us to do good actions, things that bring us benefit. And, uh, and then we can help to, or this helps to purify the mind. And this happens through our wisdom. And when the mind is in a peaceful state, then we can come to look at this body, trying to understand that this body is just a body. There's no being, there's no self, no other there. And knowledge arises through this. But if we don't have mindfulness, if uh, samadhi isn't collected, then we won't see clearly. And this attachment that happens in our hearts, that comes up so quickly, that we, uh, that there's this avijja, this ignorance, and then craving and attachment, and then a self arises from that. And then what gets born are these states of happiness and sadness. But when our mind is still, then it will gain the wisdom to see things clearly. So this wisdom is a radiant light, that which allows us to see the Dhamma, to gain happiness, to gain peace within the hearts. 
It allows us to abide above the world. We see that the world is really just these Ramanas. It's just all the sense experiences that we feel. All of the sights, the sounds, the tastes, the smells, uh, the tactile sensations, the thoughts. This is the world. But if we're able to pass over these things, if we're able to defeat these things, then the heart goes above the world because it abides above these Ramanas, these sense experiences. It becomes Lokutara, transcendent. But for this wisdom to arise, there needs to be this training of Samadhi first in order for wisdom to come up. In the lights of wisdom, there's no other light that's equal to it. And that which we gain from candles or from the sun, um, we use this kind of light uh, to be able to see. And we understand that if we don't have any light, then even if we have good eyes and if there's an object there, we won't be able to perceive that object because of this darkness. And so we depend upon both a form and eyes that are functioning well and light as well, and light. And then the sense consciousness uh, of form can arise and we then see things. But when this happens, when sight occurs, the mind attaches to that and says, I am the one that sees. And this is the process of self that happens in the mind. And it happens because our wisdom isn't up to speed. But when we train ourselves in samadhi, wisdom comes up, then we'll understand into anatta, into not-self. And so through this, then suffering can't arise in the hearts. But for this to happen, we do need this light of wisdom to make our hearts pure, to bring them to purity. But the Buddha taught this right from the start, to abandon all evil, to abandon defilements to one degree, and then to train ourselves in samadhi. But this is, is a samadhi for the sake of freedom, keeping our minds here in the present moment. Because it's natural that when we live lives in this world, um, then we'll meet with different sense impressions and our hearts will respond by becoming happy or sad. And if our mind is weak, if mindfulness and samadhi don't have much strength to them, then we get bombarded by these sense impressions constantly and the mind is always thinking and proliferating. And if we're not able to gain much of a handle of our mind, um, then it's possible to, to go insane. So on this day of Maga Puja, the Buddha taught the very heart of the Buddhist religion. And may all of you take this teaching and practice it and cultivate it.